This week on the show. Because of the first semester, we were told that we're going to start coding in right. Java. And that was that was crazy. It's like, what? <laughs> I actually showed up to class without a computer because I thought it was um, the name so, was so misleading. So I didn't bring a computer and the professor looked at me like, are you crazy? We're going to start coding. I'm like, yeah. oh, interesting. Okay. Ice Bibelove. I think there's always there's always a choice. Creatively, I'm at this point where I, if I don't feel like working with that person, especially when it comes to like freelance projects and stuff, I just say no, and it's okay to say no because uh, your time and energy and yeah. it's it's bad for mental health, and mental health is paramount when it comes to like yeah. in life, it's just very important. Visual designer. Artist, storyteller, I feel like you're a, a different kind of artist that like takes advantage of this new age of technology and everything. And that's really fascinating to me. Thank you. All the way from Kyrgyzstan. Mostly digital, actually, but okay. there are times when I use, you know, paper and like, you know, different techniques. But yeah, right. sometimes it's digital, sometimes it's, um, well, English left the chat, but um, <laughs> digital, sometimes it's analog. Excuse me. Great yeah. joke. I'm just going to steal that one. <laughs> Let's talk to Ice Bibelov on the Very Creative Podcast. Hi, it's Bibelove. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Where are you in the world right now? I am currently in Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan, my hometown. Yeah, in the Kyrgyz Republic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you you moved around a lot during this pandemic, haven't you? Yes, right? <laughs> that only person who keeps traveling. Um, <laughs> I spent my summer in Turkey. I mean, half I spent in Toronto and then the other half I spent in Turkey. And then when the borders opened up, we traveled to Kyrgyzstan and that's right. where I am right now. Yeah. Yeah. So introduce yourself to everyone. Um, hi, I am. I sell like long walks on the beach. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I am. Uh, I am. Uh, my name is Ice. I am originally from Kyrgyzstan, Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan. But uh, over the course of my lifetime, I lived in the United States, Canada, France, Kazakhstan. And then right now I'm studying at OCAD University in Toronto, um, doing my master's in interdisciplinary master's in art, media and design. That was a mouthful. And uh, yeah, you know, doing art and design, freelancing, being a TA, all that jazz, yeah. you know. That's, that's honestly, that's so impressive because, uh, yeah, I, you were telling me at one point, oh, I'm, uh, I'm doing my, <laughs> my studies in France. I was like, damn, that's, that's great. And then I'm doing my master's. That's awesome. That's really, really awesome. And, uh, your projects that we'll discuss here are also equally great. And, uh, I, I'm <laughs> so impressed by you. Um, so yeah, uh, my, so you've, went to Toronto for you're in Toronto for, for school. And then you mm -hmm. during when the pandemic happened, you went to Turkey and then you went to Kyrgyzstan, right? 
So, yeah, so what's the, the situation in every country and how are you handling the pandemic? Honestly, in Turkey, it's so, it feels safe. I feel like people are, first of all, masks are mandatory there. So I don't know, people are following the rules. You know, it's not like the United States where people are rioting against masks yeah. or anything like that. Uh, in Here too. It's, Here too. Oh, yeah? Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, we have a small population in Quebec that, uh, yeah, likes to do that. In Quebec? <laughs> oh, God, no, I'm not going to get in Quebec. political. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, in I mean, that's obvious. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go um, on. I think it's the French spirit, you know, <laughs> revolutions, <laughs> let's protest. Yeah. But um, in Kyrgyzstan, it's okay. Um, the cases keep going up, but I think... Here, it just it feels like it doesn't exist. It's really bad. It's really bad, but I don't know. People are just living with it. But a lot of people were sick during the summer. And right. um, I don't want to say there's herd Im immunity, but who knows? Because a lot of people were sick in the summer. It was really bad. And um, there was a, like, it was almost like Italy, you know, or even worse than Italy because um, the, the medical, the healthcare system just collapsed at once. Now it's a little better. People have a better, you know, have a better way of treating it and know how to treat it. Right. Um, there are talks about bringing in the Russian vaccine. I don't know. I don't There's want to be an anti-vaxxer. Yeah, but everyone's just talking about the Russian vaccine, so I don't know. Uh, but um, cases keep going up, but we can't afford a lockdown, so we're just we're yeah. just living with it. We can't. Yeah. We can't either. Uh, we have a small lockdown right now that it's like restaurants are closed, bars are closed. Uh, and it's, they tried it for 28 days. It didn't get better. Mm -hmm. So they're trying it again for 28 days. We'll see what happens right now at this time of the recording. We're in November, uh, November 1st. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's not, it's not good. It's not really good right now. It's, uh, it doesn't seem to, to be getting better. Um, and, yeah. uh, it's kind of strange. And this world is going through a economy crisis, which was going to be great, I guess. <laughs> Fun. That was sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. What a great time to be alive, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how are you, uh, before we move on to your art, well, I, we're moving on to your art, but I, I'm just wondering if you're, how are you handling this situation creatively right now? Um, well, um, I feel like everyone is so demotivated, but when it comes to, you know, coping, like I think, I think cre creativity is my coping mechanism. And if I'm, if I'm not making something for school, I'm at least freelancing. And when I'm not freelancing, I'm doing something else. But yeah, I feel like, I need to channel that energy, you know, right. even frustrations, I channel them creatively and make something because uh, when I don't make something, one, I feel unproductive and two, that energy, I don't know where to put it. So I guess I'm making things. I don't want to say I'm actually making things because I'd be lying, but <laughs> just, you know, tinkering with things. I don't want to say like, I'm so productive. I'm making things. I'm writing and drawing nonstop. Yeah. No, but um, you know, even making logos and doing branding for for different brands and stuff. It's, it's still yeah. creative, it's still making things. And 
if I'm not doing stuff for school. But I mean, for school right now, I'm in the middle of my, you know, doing my master's thesis. So, you know, reading things and right. learning new things and trying new techniques and uh, mediums. Yeah. Right. How are you handling it? Oh, congrats uh, on your book. By the way, I wanted to say it in person. Thank you so much. Uh, GabrielVega.com. Um, <laughs> <well, laughs> um, yeah, um, it's, it's going great creatively right now. Uh, like I said on this podcast before, I, it's, uh, it's been hard at the beginning of the pandemic. It was hard. And uh, like, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I'm just getting back into it and just accepting that this will be a long-term thing, apparently. And uh, just trying to do like I do in regular times, you know, if there ever was a regular time. So yeah, just uh, pushing through it, you know, and uh, just doing it. And I'm, I'm, I haven't been writing, but uh, I'm supposed to be writing my second book right now. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll do that in time. Uh, but I was uh, busy with this podcast and other stuff. So yeah. And mm-hmm. a lot of TV <laughs> watching. <laughs> I mean, TV helps out, especially with writing, you know, especially creative writing. Yeah. I think you're still doing something productive. I'm just here to tell you that. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So uh, you uh, you said on your website that you're a multidisciplinary artist. What does that mean? I am a multiple discipline designer, and I use different mediums, technologies, and techniques to create uh, visual stories. Yeah. Right. So it's is it mostly digital or uh, there's also like painting or something uh, like you do um, with hand? Yeah, yeah, uh, I mostly digital actually, but okay. there are times when I use you know paper and like you know different techniques. But yeah, sometimes right. it's digital, sometimes it's um, well English left the chat, but um, <laughs> digital sometimes it's analog. Excuse me. Great yeah. joke. I'm just going to steal that one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, mostly digital that you do. That's cool. It's really yeah. cool. It's uh, I, I feel like you're a, a different kind of artist that, like, takes advantage of this new age of technology and everything. And that's really fascinating to me. Thank uh, you. Thank you. So how did you get into that? Uh, yeah. How did you get into that? Okay. Digital arts. So, um, if you, I mean, we, we went to the same college, Dawson, and yeah. there I was uh, majoring in visual, visual arts. So that means right. like classic art, you know, um, painting, sculpture, drawing and stuff. And then at some point I decided to transfer. And honestly, I knew that there was some technology involved, but I didn't know it was that, you know, technologically advanced. Because the first semester, we were told that we're going to start coding in right. Java. And that was that was crazy. <laughs> I actually showed up to class without a computer because I thought it was... Um, the name so, was so misleading. So I didn't bring a computer. And the professor looked at me like, are you crazy? We're going to start coding. I went, yeah. oh, interesting. Okay. And um, that's how I got into it. Almost by mistake, but accidentally. <laughs> I didn't know that there was coding involved. Yeah. But uh, the whole program was um, quite interesting because every semester was uh, dedicated to like 
one to two topics. So, for example, the first semester was uh, typography and graphic design. Then right. the second was uh, JavaScript and uh, 3D modeling and stuff. So it was very versatile in terms of, you know, different technologies and mediums. And that's how I got into it, you know, through my university. Um, yeah, but when I was studying visual, um, visual art at Dawson, I felt like there was something lacking, you know, I just felt like there was, there was like something missing. So when I went to Parsons, at first I hated it, honestly. I, I that's in France, right? I can't do. Yeah, that's in France. Uh, yeah, so I studied at Parsons, the, new, the Parsons School of Design, but right. the French campus, and uh, studied there for three years. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's how I got into, you know, digital art and digital making design and that kind of stuff. Were you already passionate about technology and uh, new ways of, no, not at all? No, no. You were just like really. Java, what is this? And uh, you yeah. just got into it and fell into it, I guess? Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm like, I'm a crazy good programmer. No, I'm not. Um, okay. Actually, no, I'm pretty mediocre at that. I'm not even <laughs> mediocre. I don't like it. But I love making things digitally and I get the logic, which is good. And uh, I know the possibilities of technology. And I think that's a right. good uh, takeaway from the program is that, you know, you know what's possible and what's not in, uh, you know, through technologies and, like, you know, different innovative yeah. things and different mediums. You know, if I want, because they give you a toolkit, essentially, right. and you decide how to use it. And, for example, you know, getting into Instagram filters you know, or Snapchat filters and making these things and knowing how to access, you know, all the APIs and all the, like, you know, all the tutorials. And uh, that's how I got passionate about it. But before I got into Parsons, not really. I didn't even know how to use Illustrator, barely knew how to use Photoshop. Right. So the first year or the first semester I was there, I drew everything by hand because I was scared to use InDesign and Illustrator and Photoshop. I was too scared. Right. So yeah, yeah, uh, that was a tough year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, i'm sure like that's crazy like i no i i wouldn't be able i i'm i love technology and i i'm good at it i i just it's scary it, it's a challenge it must have been so so scary it's still scary but yeah <laughs> it's still scary yeah. at times well you you're doing well <laughs> so oh, thank you. <laughs> nothing stays buried forever Especially not the past. Yesterday is Not Yet Gone, a mystery novel by Gabriel Vega, host of the Very Creative Podcast. Available now, paperback and digital. GabrielVega.com. Buy it now. Yeah, so were you always an artist? Did you, where did you grow up and uh, what was your, like, how, how did you become an artist? Were you born like that? I was just born this way. Now, um, okay, <laughs> no. I'm not a prodigy if you're going that way. <laughs> um, no, I grew up and my parents, uh, they would, uh, we had a teacher, a private tutor uh, who taught us, um, like, you know, just not even like classical art, you know, you got to start with figure right. drawing. No, honestly, just a teacher came, would come in and they, and she would teach us how to, you know, draw. And she was so interesting. I just find her so inspirational because instead of drawing, we would just sit and draw and she would like retell all this, like all the Harry Potter books to us. Yeah. 
Right. Like, she knew them by heart. She was such an incredible person. She still is, but like we lost touch, but she's such an incredible artist and person. And she knew she loved, she was, she was much older, but she was still a child at heart, which is so incredible. She loved playing Sims. She uh, loved Harry Potter books. Uh, she taught, you know, she would tutor students and stuff. And she was just so free. And I found her super inspirational. I think she actually got me into, you know, drawing and stuff. Right. So after that, you know, That's lots of traveling. And uh, when we got to the States, yeah. uh, I moved to the States when I was in eighth grade. And that was that was that was the craziest time you know when you move all of a sudden you move in the middle of a semester and you i, I knew some english right i spoke right. some english but it was not as good as i thought it was yeah so you're almost like a fish you know or like a dog just walking around like you hear things you kind of understand Right. But yet, no, you can't like, have conversations with people. So I found an outlet for that. And I started drawing and, you know, just making things. And I think uh, it, it, I feel like it was such an emotional, you know, like an emotion, explosion of emotions. So channeling it into drawing and making things was my way of coping with all the shock and all the, you know, honestly, depression from moving yeah. places and not being able to communicate, not having friends, almost and also being bullied. So that was a way of uh, coping with all of that. Yeah. That's, that's exactly uh, wh why I, I fell into the arts. Me too. Like I, uh, yeah, I was bullied a lot in high school and uh, in school in general. And uh, yeah. And uh, I already had this like, like imagination my head and this interior like internal world but uh yeah i just escaped in that and i just mm -hmm. fell into it and that's how that was my coping mechanism too and uh exactly. and turns out i really really love it and uh yeah i always did and uh yeah i i get it and uh there's a lot of artists that are, are the same it's really yeah. interesting like it's an escape like is exactly yeah, yeah that's yeah. how it begins sometimes most times yeah, yeah. you just want to create a different world and you escape into that world and yeah 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 it's great yeah i was having this conversation on uh, on another episode and uh we were questioning if it's healthy or not what do you think what exactly though like escaping is it healthy escaping into like instead of dealing with things i think it is healthy because yeah uh, i think so i think so too sometimes you just can't i mean sometimes reality is just so tough that escaping into another world is the only way almost i don't say yeah. the only way but sometimes it's the the most the healthiest way almost yeah because like dealing with it i don't know I can't imagine yeah. myself being like, yeah, bully, stop bullying. <laughs> like, do you tell yeah, the yeah. entire school? <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. Uh, no, but like I, I used to, to fall back into like escapism and art because I didn't, I didn't want to fight with people. I just didn't want to like, I, I, I was, <laughs> I wasn't weak, but I just didn't want to do it, you know? So I just exactly. turned to art and turned to other things and turned to sometimes loneliness uh and yeah that's not that's the only 
sometimes not healthy part is loneliness that's kind yeah. of sad and uh but yeah it makes us stronger i guess sometimes too yeah for sure for sure yeah. and you know at some point you start enjoying a long right. time and being lonely because uh yeah and also kids are mean they're not gonna stop if you tell them no. to stop so no. you know they will they will mostly laugh at you at that age and just oh yeah like, oh are you right boys <laughs> but yeah oh you don't like that we bully you <laughs> oh <laughs> Yeah. yeah, kids are mean, but you know they tend to grow out of it. That's good, right? Some of them do. <laughs> <laughs> slowly, this conversation <laughs> just went the other way. Like okay, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, um, that no, but I I wanted to mention that because I I relate to you so much on that, and uh, I mm -hmm. think that's that's really interesting. So, were your parents artists too, or? No. no, I mean my um, my mom. She does. She did draw as a child a right. lot. My dad, he sings very well, and uh, yeah. I think uh, this is where like I like I get my liking of singing. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, not really. My older brother. So I guess it's from my mom's side. Uh, my older brother, he also drew a lot. Right. Um, but he stopped, he just kind of, you know, abandoned yeah. it, but I decided to just go for it. Plus I'm the middle child, so I can do whatever the hell I want. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which one of your, of your brother writes? My little brother. Okay. Yeah. My youngest brother, actually the last child. And he is, uh, he, he also draws very well. Okay. Um, actually a little, even better than me, but, uh, <laughs> to go another, the other direction. You know, but is he, uh, is he, he better writes. than you at coding? I think. I mean, I'm not good at coding, at all, so <laughs> I don't know where you're going with this. But thank you for trying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was just asking if he was better than you, or mm -hmm. if, you, if you were jealous of him because he was better than you at coding. No, I'm so happy because it's just. Uh, I feel like he's got a. I'm a perfectionist, but also I I doubt myself when I make things sometimes. Right. Uh, but he just like, you know, those people who just confidently like, you know, put pen to paper and they just start making things. I'm not oh. like with them. I got a plan and I want things to be yeah. perfect right away. I don't like my thinking is not the same, in, meaning I want it. I want to sit down, make it. It's right. perfect. And I just submit it. That's it. But it does. It, it doesn't happen. It never happens. So I don't know what I'm expecting, but I'm expecting perfection every single time. Well, yeah, that's uh, the other conversation. Uh, perfection is something we all strive for, <laughs> but yeah. uh, and sometimes it can drive us really crazy. <laughs> I, oh, I speak yeah. for myself, uh, but uh, I, I know you can relate. Uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, no, we always strive for perfection, and it's uh, yeah, it's uh, something we should strive for, honestly. But uh, yeah, like I always say on this podcast, it's uh, something we need to stop at some point because we're gonna we can't make things perfect people are not perfect things will not be perfect either so. no i'll keep i'll try to you, you, you. <laughs> you seem sad by that fact like, we'll see <laughs> <laughs> I was like, things are not perfect i don't know <laughs> oh boy okay um <laughs> um so let's talk about something is there a 
first of all, is there a project that you're really proud of before we talk about the bride kidnapping that you did before um, that? Yeah, there's one project I absolutely love. And I did in collaboration with um, a friend and a classmate of mine, uh, Chris right. Madden. And it's uh, Nihao My Ass. I don't know if you get to see that uh, project. It's an automated collab is bag it on that your raises website? catcalling. It is on my website. It's called Nihao My Ass. Can we show um, it? Can we show language? the picture? Of course. Of course. Uh, it's uh, the one with the red underwear. This one? Yes. Okay. Perfect. So, so for, idea, for those who are listening, can you describe what it is? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Nihao My Ass is a wearable device for Asian uh, women identifying people who experience um, racist catcalling. And uh, that's um, that idea came uh, to us um, because um, I and other Asian friends of Chris we complained to her about, you know, our experiences in France and in Europe in general, right. how people would greet us or just, you know, cat, like, you know, cat calling on the streets. They yeah. would call us, like, they would try to grab our attention with Nihao in Mandarin. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and uh, I'm not Chinese. So, and like Koreans would get Nihao's. So we've decided to do a project where, like the, we, we, we tried finding a way to clap back at uh, racist cat callers, right. but in a nonverbal manner and a non-confrontational manner. So right. we came up with this idea to make a dress uh, with a automated like a button so hidden somewhere. And then right. when you press that button, the motor on the back lifts up the hem of the dress and there is red underwear with a message to the racist. <sighs> how racist so cool. yeah can so, people yeah. buy that i mean it was kind of a no I, they can't but it was just a very fun project to make and you know filming around paris the jardin de today and it was right. very fun and uh yeah it was really great i loved it and these are just sketches you know the ones that you're seeing on the screen uh these are just sketches of like yeah. iterations and uh our brainstorming session from our brainstorming session. So the idea was make a yeah. backpack with a balloon or make a trench coat that opens up or make like a bag that has a, what is it called? Oh my gosh, the speaker inside of it. But then yeah. we just stopped on the so, idea of a dress and right. underwear. Yeah. Cause it was just so, it was so, it was literally cheeky. one. <laughs> And uh, it was just, it was fun. It was fun. It was playful, but also quite, mm, you know, sassy. Yeah. Yeah. That's really so cool. That is. So, yeah. Yeah. It was my favorite that, project. Well, they, they can go uh, on. If you're listening to this podcast, Odeo, you can go on YouTube and watch it. And we're, we're showing it right now. So, yeah. And uh, they can go to your website, too. Yeah. Perfect. Um, that's what I like about your art, honestly, because it's uh, it cares about like issues and it cares about uh, yeah, it's calling out things that are in the world that and that what art is meant to be, uh, in my opinion, like to it's our our kind of way of solving things or try to solve things uh, that are happening in the world, like uh hyper masculinity uh, climate change or whatever uh, racist caught calling uh, yeah it's uh 
talk a bit about that. What what drives you to to do that? Those kind of art and uh, yeah, because you 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 mentioned that you were you were experiencing that in France and in Europe. But what in general inspires you to do that? I feel like and thank you by the way for all the praise. Um, What drives me is uh, I feel like I really love hearing people's stories and making art and just you know tell stories through uh, visual and you know audio. Um, like create, creating, I love creating video, audio visual, <laughs> audio visual um, experiences um, that tell people, like tell stories of people and my own. Right. Um, that's why I call myself a multidisciplinary storyteller and artist and designer. Because um, really, I mean, human history and just history in general, it's all about telling stories and passing it on. Telling people, telling stories of people, and making an impact when possible, but right. preserving those memories and creating stories of people that are often unheard, or things that are that go unnoticed. But yeah. I like talking about these things. Yeah. Yeah. So that that leads me to your. I think it's it's a great project that you did. That was that for class in France. Uh, which one? Oh, the Nihao Mass? No, yes. the bright kidnapping. Oh, the bright kidnapping was my bachelor's thesis project. Um, yeah. So can you was... talk about that? That's really cool. Yeah, of course. Uh, thank you. So um, bright kidnapping, I just, I'm just going to give a brief description of what bright kidnapping is. Uh, bright kidnapping is a practice that mm, happens in, uh, in um, Central Asia, in some parts of Central Asia, in the Caucasus, and um, in India as well, I think and uh, in many parts of the world. And it's a practice of when a man abducts a woman he wishes to marry. And this is a dated custom. And I don't wanna say tradition, cause it's not. And there's still some cases happening today, but um, it depends on what it is. Sometimes these kidnappings are staged cause it's a form of elopement, but sometimes it's like a violent abduction of a human being that is punishable by law. And you can go to prison for up to seven years and right. get a big fine for doing that. But there's still cases happening today. And right. but during the Soviet times, during you know all the way until 1991, uh, there were a lot of uh, cases of bright kidnapping uh, happening in Kyrgyzstan. Right. And uh, my research was um, my research was uh, I interviewed um, a lot of women in Kyrgyzstan, my country. And I made a 360 um, short documentary on their right. experiences, um, you know, the, them talking about how it happened, what made them stay, uh, what made them, you know, what made them stay with their kidnappers and what they think about this custom now, you know, after living for so many years uh, with their kidnappers. Right. And um, yeah, so it was out of all women that I interviewed, I only kept three, three stories of uh, three women. And yeah, it was an eight minute long documentary done in 360. And that was the installation with the curtains because yeah. the, curtain ha- the curtains also have a meaning in this installation because uh, when a woman is abducted, she's brought into a home of, of her future husband yeah. And she's put behind a white curtain. It's like a form of a, you know, almost like veil. 
And uh, she sits there for the entire day while guests are coming in and, you know, coming in to see her. And uh, for me, it was uh, like I, was, I wanted to create an experience where people go behind that curtain and listen to those women's stories. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. and what was it like interviewing people? Because interviewing people is one thing, and then interviewing people that have lived trauma is another. Uh, how, how was that? Did you, yeah, how was that? Um, you know, because in Kyrgyz culture, you can't ask provocative questions, you know, you right. can't be too explicit or anything like that. So, and plus, um, there was some sort of disconnect, I have to be honest, because I, unfortunately, I don't speak my native right. language, uh, which is Kyrgyz. So I actually had to travel there with a translator. You and, speak Russian, uh, right? I speak Russian, yes. Okay. Uh, but um, I do understand some Kyrgyz, but it's not as good as I want it to be. And it wasn't as good, you know, it wasn't so good that I, I can speak to them about these things. And uh, yeah, so, so I went there with So you interviewed them in another language, basically. And then yeah, I interviewed them in Russian, and then they would translate into Kyrgyz. And uh, yeah, it was, it was very interesting. And, and um, you know, I... I didn't want to dig in too deep into their trauma and, but there were some stories right. here and there, you know, most of them are happy with the outcome and, you yeah. know, they have children already grant, some of them have grandchildren. And there was one lady that actually, it was a form of elopement for her. So she just escaped with her, like with yeah. her lover essentially. And, um, but then there were like two to three women who actually had boyfriends Right. But they were separated because of this custom and they couldn't be together. So that was very sad. But I decided not to go too deep into, you know, I don't want to traumatize people and hurting them is not my goal. Yeah. And uh, if they felt comfortable talking about it, then yeah, they did. But if they didn't, then I didn't ask them because, uh, right. you know, yeah. respect people's yeah. boundaries and yeah, sensibilities. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So how was it dealing with the, because you use 360 technology in this where to explain to people who, ha who haven't seen it on YouTube before, but it's, you see everything, like you can scroll mm -hmm. and see everything. So was it liberating to see everything in frame or uh, did it make it challenging? I honestly, I'm, I'm, I, I like the choice of using 360 for this particular project because uh, it was a way for me to make people immerse themselves into the environment that they're in. Cause uh, when, you know, you're watching, cause I feel like with topics like these, it can be quite beneficial to, you know, be inside that world and see for what it is. Right. Um, but yeah, with 360 was just a lot of editing, you know, cause you have to edit yourself out of the picture and you have to, you know, deal with lighting and, you know, cropping yourself out, but also the time of day. Um, right. Cause you know, it's, it's a lot of logistics and, you know, thinking yeah. about how you, how you stage it and how you make it work with the lighting, the time of day, where the sun shines, where it doesn't, you know, and that kind of stuff. And, uh, and also my computer couldn't handle 360 video. So it was just rendering it in After Effects was torture. You know, you would drop it in there and then after every you know five seconds it would just freeze and then it starts working again you start working again and it's just and you can't do yeah. anything on the computer so you just 
stuck with it. You work on it. So I oh, think believe me, I know. Oh, believe me. Computer <laughs> issues, I know. Because doing yeah. this podcast has been a challenge uh, through uh, through storage and everything through computer and the. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 Huge files create problems. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. With huge files comes <laughs> huge responsibility. I, I, I can't imagine 360. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. yeah. And the higher the quality, the heavier it is, right? So yeah. you just have to go for okay quality if you want to yeah. do it faster, which yeah. I did. Yeah. Well, well, now I think I resolved the problem because I have an external drive that takes That's in everything. That's good. Yeah. But also... One of my external drives just stopped working and I couldn't extract all the files from there. So be careful. Just a cautionary <laughs> tale, right? I'm going to be someone's cautionary yeah. tale. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So what did you, what did you have, ultimately, did you have fun doing this project and what did you learn from it? Um, there's so many things that I, I, I really only, like, you know, I love looking back at my own work. And as I strive for perfection, when I look back, I'm like, oh, it's not perfect. And it's, I think it's the artist, you know, it's the artist, like the artist's life, essentially. You always yeah. have to look back and you just keep working and working and working on your, on your projects. And somehow you always go back to where you started. So I love looking back at my work and, you know, realize what I loved about it, what I didn't like about it. And also realizing your own mistakes. Right. Um, at the moment, I am. Uh, this is how I type in my master's thesis project. But I'm working on um, Stalin's jo Joseph Stalin's repressions. Okay. Um, in Central Asia, specifically in Kyrgyzstan, and forced deportations that happened uh, from the year 19, um, 1940, 1938, all the way until Stalin's death. Right. And I'm talking about. You know, I, I'm looking at it from the decolonial lens. So um, when I look back at my project with bright kidnapping, I, I no longer want to make it, you know, ethnographic or auto-ethnographic research on women who were kidnapped for marriage. What I want to look at that? it from a, you know, because um, ethnography comes from, you know, it comes from colonialism, essentially. Right. And uh, it's important. And I don't want to extract knowledge from people anymore in the way that I did back then. You know, extracting knowledge, submit it, that's it, you know? Because yeah. I What's deeply ethnography, care about that. ethnography, just for the audience? Ethnography is, uh, is rooted in anthropology, and ethnography is just the studies of people and their customs and cultures. Okay, right. Okay. And um, yeah, and uh, I feel like. I, I care about my community and I think that's what everyone should do, care about their communities right. and uh, the stories they share. And, yeah. and of course I, you know, I have, I have so much gratitude for those women who um, shared their stories and told everything that they have and, you know, welcomed me to their, their homes. And that was, it was, I mean, Kyrgyz culture is very uh, hospitable and uh, right. very open to everyone. Yeah. So that's part of it, but also just, you know, them sharing their stories and such. And uh, I don't want to say I extracted knowledge from them because I didn't, but there are many things that I would have done differently if I did the same project now. What is that? 
I don't even know. I just think there are, there are other ways of approaching this. Because, um, but also the setting that I showed it in and maybe even, I don't want to say comments, just like my own sentiments about certain things. Right. I don't want to say judgment. No, I didn't judge them because, um, you know, it's it's a culture. Yeah. But also, you know, I was also looking at things from the Western perspective, which I shouldn't because I'm not from the West, right? I've adopted the West, yeah. but I am from the East. Congratulations on that project. Uh, Thank you. That's, that's great. Nothing stays buried forever, especially not the past. Yesterday is Not Yet Gone, a mystery novel by Gabriel Vega, host of the Very Creative Podcast. Available now, paperback and digital. GabrielVega.com. Buy it now. So what other things have you been working on or have worked on that you're so proud of in digital technology or anything else? Um, I, you know, after graduating from uh, university, uh, I did a six-month internship at Publicis Sapiens. And honestly, it was so fun and great and yeah. you know, made me realize that good bosses exist which is right. incredible, right? And uh, it was such an amazing community. And I, I mean, I love the company itself. Um, Publicist Sapient is uh, a, like a branch of Publicist Group, which is a, right. a huge company with, like, that works with advertising and communications. Where is that? And that is, um, I mean, Publicist actually, they exist, uh, Publicist Sapient and just Publicist in general, they're all over the world. They have okay. many different offices. Uh, there's one in Montreal, actually, and Toronto okay. also has its own um, office. Uh, like, the headquarters are in France. And uh, I was working in the creative department, and this um, this section, it's called Labs, which was, um, like, a, I didn't even know that, like, that kind of office existed. But right. it's um, creation of experiences and, uh, like, like creative experiences with technology and such for different brands. So it can be like um, a mobile company or an automotive company or any other company. They can approach Publicis Sapien that we want a physical installation that tells a story about our brand. So they would, you know, and we would brainstorm ideas and come up with different ways of telling stories and making, you know, telling stories of these brands to people. So let's say, a car company approaches us and we're like, we've got this uh, new car technology and we want to show it everywhere in Europe in dealerships. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. Don't worry about Uh, it. In dealerships. And we only have, I don't know, 500 cars, 500 cars for test drives. So we've got, I don't know, 5,000 dealerships. What What do we do? So we come up with this, you know, installation for this, you know, car brand. Right. That is this virtual experience of a test drive in okay. dealerships that don't get that car for a test drive. Right. Which, you know, and we would come up with like, you know, using virtual reality, using augmented reality, or use uh, like an installation where you get to drive like a steering wheel standing up next to a screen or something like that. So you really get to experience these new technologies. Or, you know, like a champagne company approaches you, like we just want a beautiful window display that is interactive. 
So right. you, you know, we would brainstorm ideas and come up with different installations, you know, like sensors, this, that, and stuff like that. And um, like a mobile Incredible. company at a tech conference, they want some sort of installation that tells a story about their, you know, their brands and how they're working yeah. with different startups and such. So you, sorry, I signed an NDA, I can't name companies, but um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, it was great. Um, honestly, I think the experience at Publicis was great because the team was amazing. It was right. a group of um, four people plus me and um the boss is a creative director and he uh he started out with uh, programming in java yeah and then you know he was just incredible and creative and actually he is uh he's on tiktok and he's pretty big really targs t-a-r-g-z targs okay and uh he does um uh he does uh, drawing with coding and uh, the plotting machine which is really cool so right. You guys want to see cool art just check them out yeah awesome. <laughs> just a quick, quick shout out but um and then the other ones were creative technologists and programmers so they ended up in this um you know cool hub creative hub at publicist sapient and uh, yeah and they were just so welcoming and so creative and uh, it was an incredible team to work with and i think it's so important when it comes to creativity and you know working somewhere is that you have to have an incredible team you have to have that connection with yeah. people and also being welcomed you know and also you know when they allow you to be creative and they allow you to make decisions which right. is great even though it was an internship it felt like a job because i really did feel like i was part of a team so i didn't you know i didn't bring coffee or anything like that i actually did stuff you know with my own profession like in my own field i guess right yeah that's that's awesome yeah uh yeah you you feel kind of uh your creativity feels weird when you got no support from people and just doors are closed and you know it's like kind of restrictive so getting support is is amazing i get what you're it's saying incredible yeah yeah I mean, not being people questioned. that understand what you're doing and don't take you for fools you know for oh, yeah. a fool yeah 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 um but yeah also you know i also had my share of you know bad experiences when interning and working with people yeah. and uh how was that can you without me, mentioning names and anything just oh no us, i'm gonna name people <laughs> tell us about um, a failure creatively that you, so this person their name is no just kidding um <laughs> you know just being micromanaged being micromanaged that's right. the worst nightmare is when people micromanage you when they question everything what do you that mean you do by micromanage something. oh you know they they're over your shoulder and like no i don't like this You're like well i'm not finished yet can you allow me to finish and then we can talk or you know do this and then do that and like they don't allow you to take all the steps to get to this point mm -hmm. they write every step out for you even though that's yeah. not your, you know, that's not your know-how. Like it's not the way you do things. There's no freedom. You know that you're gonna, yeah. There's no freedom whatsoever. They just micromanage every single little step. Right. And that is tough, especially in the creative field, because yeah. uh, there's so many different ways and there's so many different, um, like methodologies and methods, right? Yeah. So when you're micro, like when you're managed to to every step it's it's tough yeah. yeah i don't like that either and then 
it's it's very tough, you know, and uh, also just when something goes wrong, it's like, well, did you touch something? <laughs> like, no, I didn't. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I get what you're saying. That's why I. Mm-hmm. That's why I I just write on my own and just do things on my own most of the time because I, yeah, it's uh, that's ideal. It's uh, it feels boss. like a, a lottery ticket when you're trying to work with people. Either you're lucky or not, you know. And yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah, it's most often than not you're not lucky, and uh, uh, yeah. So how do you deal with that? Do you do you go out the door or what happened there? It depends. I mean, usually I go out the door because I, mm. I think there's always there's always a choice. Yeah. You always and I feel like creatively, I'm at this point where I, if I don't feel like working with that person, especially when it comes to like freelance projects and stuff, I just say no, and it's okay to say no because uh, your time and energy and uh, just your time and energy and yeah, your time and energy are not worth it. Because uh, right. you're also, you know, you're also using up your emotions, and uh, yeah. it's it's bad for mental health. And mental health is paramount when it comes to like yeah. in life. It's just very important, especially right now. Twenty twenty is horrible. So mental yeah. health above everything else. And especially for creatives, because creativity mm-hmm. and uh, the creative world is really hard. It's uh, it's hard. It, it's fun to do, and it's uh, it's amazing, and it, it's great for for you. But to do it as a career, it's really hard, and it can take a lot of your. You can give up sometimes, and you can. Mm-hmm. And what keeps me going is not to give up and to see the better days, to see that it if I keep working at it, it's going to be great. And, um, and it's important to sometimes, especially if you're creative to take step backs and say, if I work with these people or if I work on my own, which, which option is better, which option is better. Sometimes you have to, because you want a job and you want to do things, you know, but, uh, Sometimes you gotta make sacrifices too, and be be like, my mental health is more most more important exactly. than, than that. Exactly. You know, yeah. So I think that's important to tell people that uh, whatever situation you're in, your mental health is better than anything. Believe exactly. me, if you're good at what you do, and the right person or the right medium will come yeah. to you, and the the right thing will come to you, uh, exactly. even if you do it on your own. Yeah, that's, and you just gotta fine. keep. Keep doing you and just keep experimenting and making things. And but it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. Don't don't wait for the knock on the door. Just keep working on it. Yeah, I wish there was a knock on the door. I wish that (laughs) made things so much easier, right? Yeah. 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 But like I said on this podcast before, even if there's a knock on the door, you got to keep. That's not the. It's a lottery ticket, but you got to keep working at it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because you don't want to lose it, and you want to be better every time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's no limit. Yeah. So. You know, one day I'll be perfect. <laughs> That's the goal. Always striving <laughs> to be perfect. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> the ultimate goal. You know. Yeah. I don't think it will happen, but that's just my <laughs> argument. <laughs> when I'm na- 90, just like my perfect design. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you're going to be so proud to look at your work at that time. Of what no, you achieve. Yeah. Thank you. 
Hopefully. So what's your, do you want to talk about what's your, what are your goals in career wise and everything? What's, what drives you? What's your number one thing you want to accomplish? Let's say. Oh, there's like, there are many things. There are many goals. And I think. Or many. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when it comes to like short term goals, I want to graduate, <laughs> but um, I want to, at some point, I want to become uh, like an uh, open up my own creative ag agency. I right. really want to do that. And I want to, you know, branch out internationally. So have different offices in different locations, you know, like one in Moscow and then one in Toronto and stuff wow. like that. One in Europe. I really want that. And, uh, you awesome. know, create, um, you know, do stuff for brands, but also, you know, do charity when it comes, you know, di different forms of charity. I really want to help out communities here in Kyrgyzstan. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when it comes, you know, when it comes to like maybe in three years, I want to be an art director. Yeah. And, uh, but when, you know, the big goal is uh, have a creative agency and do stuff internationally. I really want to do that. Right. You know, just, I want to make things and be happy and actually get paid for what I do. Right. Yeah. I think that's the goal for everyone, honestly. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, actually having a profession that you enjoy and love. Right. I want to do, I want to have that. And I, and I do love what I'm doing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just want to keep doing what I'm doing and be happy. I am happy. Yeah. Right. Is there, because yeah. uh, you, you seem to be doing a, a lot of art, a lot of different things. You seem to be all, all over the place in terms, not that it's a bad thing, but all over the place in your art and everything. Are you like that with your goals? Like like me, I want to do, I, I just don't, I don't want only to write. I, I want to mm -hmm. do so many other things in my life. Like writing is, if I would only be able to do that, I'd be happy. But yeah. there are so many other things that I love and I'd want to do. So is are you like that? I am also like that. But I think it's also... Don't you think it's a bit of a generational thing? Because like right. I feel like we're such a distracted generation. We're so privileged we're so too. We're so privileged and distracted. Yeah. Hella distracted. Because uh, just you know, like when I'm looking at my parents, they concentrated on one thing, did it well, and then moved on to right. another thing, did it well, and then moved on. And I think I want to do yeah. that. But at the moment, I'm just interested in everything. I'm like a squirrel in the middle of the room. Like, where do yeah. I go? <laughs> but Do you uh, feel like that slows you down in your goal pursuit? To an extent, yes. Honestly, yeah. I feel the same. And yeah, and I, I try to channel all my, you know, all, all the energy I have and work on this one specific thing right. and perfect things on the side if I need to, but really go for one thing. And then I feel like I also believe in not I don't want to say destiny right but there is a an end like there's an end point right. and you will get there it's just like okay I, I'll say it. there's destiny and I believe in that and right. yes you will you know you will work and it's going to take you places but you're going to end up where you either want it to be or where you had to be right 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 yeah I'm making sense yeah 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 you're right. making sense yeah okay see <laughs> 
Like, well, she's so chaotic and didn't notice that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Yeah, or because me when I I try that's what I've learned in my art. Like I mm -hmm. need to focus either on my writing or something just to, and like my goal is to become a, a writer, an author and a, to, to, to be like success, successful and everything. Mm -hmm. But I also like, I've learned over the years that I need to focus on one thing, but all, I've also learned that if I don't do everything I, I want to do, I feel like I'm not fulfilling myself. And I feel oh, yeah. like I, yeah. um, like missing out on things and I'm mm -hmm. feels like I'm, I'm 24. Like let's laugh at that. You know that I have plenty of, hopefully plenty of life to live, but uh, yeah. it's, uh, it's weird that you're like, Oh, I, I don't want to be looking back at 15 and be like, I've just messed up everything because I, I've not done that or this or, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, yeah. yeah. So how do you yeah. feel about that? Yeah, I mean, actually, a perfect example uh, comes to my mind. Uh, my dad, when he was um, when he was our like not only one our age, like eighteen, I think, right. he wanted to be an actor, and right. uh, he um, but he couldn't go to Moscow to an acting school because he couldn't afford it, and right. so he just stayed here. And uh, he uh, his first um, like first diploma, first uh, education is um, he's a historian. Right. But, you know, uh, like 40 years later, he's, he, he did some movies. He started a movie and he was like, it was a great experience. I loved it. It was great. And yeah. he still did it, you know, and he still yeah. had fun while doing it, which is great. And um, but yeah, I feel like I feel the same when it comes to, you know, not just concentrating on one thing only and not doing other things on the side. I feel like, you know, fear of missing out, this constant fear of missing out, it's still there. Right. And I really want to do other things apart from what I'm doing right now. And that's why my art is all over the place. Cause I just want to experiment. I just want to see different things. I want to try different technologies. Right. Um, I want to know as much as possible, but also for me, I feel like I want to know the possibilities where it can go, where it can take me and what can I do with these methods and methodologies to create a product or to create art. So yeah, I, I, I do agree. My stuff is all over the place. But in the end, it's it just, not a bad uh, thing at all. It's not. No, no, no. I actually, I feel like it's a strong point for me because yeah. um, it's versatile, it's diverse, and I actually agree. I think it defines you in a in a great way. I think it it's great you. for you. Yeah, but yeah, the fear, the FOMO, the fear of missing out. It's it's very strong when it comes to uh, you know making things and not doing things that yeah. you want. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm always like looking about like at my Instagram bio and I'm like, Oh, I should add this because I'm also this. But <laughs> you're like, I can't add everything. Uh, yeah. It's sometimes I'm like, when my book came out, I was only an author. I was like, mm -hmm. Oh, I'm missing out on other things. I want to do this podcast. So now I'm a podcaster too, but I feel like I'm confusing people all the time because <laughs> I'm doing so many Just things. A creative human being. Here but we go. Whatever, you know, it's fine. Yeah. No, we're just, you know, the skill sets we have, they're so diverse. And I think that's what makes our generation so interesting is that like, there's just so many things that everyone's doing. Yeah. That's why I don't like, be like labels. Because yeah, labels. Like, I'm yeah. not one thing. Yeah. And, you know, like, why would you define? I feel like we're like there's a universe in every person. 
And yeah. when you come up with definitions, it limits people. Yeah. So, you know, why squeeze? Uh, I actually like this um, squeezing a mattress into a pillowcase. You know, it's um, impossible, impractical, and it's just not not smart. You know, you, you can't define a person with just one word. Right. There's so many things to a person. I mean, professionally, maybe you do need some definitions, but um, when it comes to, you know, creativity, there's just so many ways and mediums and um, spheres that you can be creative in. I just like calling myself a creative artist slash designer. Yeah. Because <laughs> even in the art and design field right now, it's just sometimes like they try to define you. Because one time there was a moment when I was like, mm, maybe you're not necessarily an artist. You're more of a designer. I'm like, how about I'm both? Because I feel like it. Because yeah. I feel like it doesn't just go into one discipline. I feel like I'm exactly. both. And I have a right to define myself. Yeah. Um, whichever the way I like, yeah. And especially arts that we're creating, especially, it's essential that we know many things. It's essential that we like discover mm -hmm. all everything we we think we'll like, everything we'll we we'll we discover we don't we'll not like, you know? Uh, yeah. it's important it's important to explore things because that's how you make better art in my opinion. And mm -hmm. once once you know more and once you discover more, it's important it's it's gonna be so beneficial to your art. And exactly Yeah, if you're just focused on one thing, if you're, because uh, I was I I was at university, um, and in my first two years, I was doing film and media studies, and then I changed mm -hmm. to English. But I felt so restricted in that program that I was just only studying film, and I was only like with people that were like so uh, the same goal oriented than me, and like I felt so restricted. Like I wasn't mm -hmm. learning about anything else. And that's what English did for me. Like I, I learned about literature. I learned mm -hmm. about other worlds. I learned about feminism and the origin and everything. So mm -hmm. I think it's important to tell people that if you want to be a creator, it's important to explore and discover and oh, educate sure. yourself. Yeah. For How do you sure. feel about that? Yeah. And I feel like for writing, it's especially important because, uh, you know, sometimes writers describe things that they didn't even experience themselves but somehow they know every single detail you know yeah and there's so many incredible artists who and incredible writers who uh, describe things in so much detail but then when you ask them like did you actually do that and like no I'm like yeah. wow because i sometimes i read my little brother's things and wow did you actually experience it he's no i just read a lot of things and yeah. looked at a lot of things I'm like whoa <laughs> okay but yeah i feel like yeah it's so important to explore things outside of your um, domain and uh, you know be curious i think yeah. it's important to be curious and explore right yeah 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 it's really important yeah so how do you deal with the uh, anxiety with your art especially? i don't <laughs> just kidding <laughs> you don't? i don't no um Do you think about it all, all, all day when you're you're doing other things, or how does it work for you? Um, I feel like I'm doing it like every normal person out there. I just lie in bed at night, <laughs> think about. There's no such thing as a normal person, but yeah, continue. <laughs> you know, just yeah, just like you know, lying down, <laughs> lying in my bed, like, all the projects that I didn't make, um, and anxiety, <laughs> especially right now. Um, I just. I create 
a list of things right. that I need to complete. Are you talking about anxiety just in general or like anxiety that comes with that that comes with deadlines and such? And well, you can talk about both. I think both are related, but I, I'm mostly searching for anxiety through your art. Does it give you anxiety and how are you dealing with that? No, I feel like for me, you're my just art stress free actually, every time you do something. Yeah. <laughs> you're not stressing <laughs> about uh, perfection in your art. No, I'm I'm stressing. Uh, <laughs> actually, yeah, that's the, well. Thanks for reminding me. But the, <laughs> the source of my anxiety is my uh, goal of perfection. Um, but also, I feel like that's the that's the like the drawback of universities that there are always deadlines. Right. And that's another form of uh, anxiety. But um, I feel like, I mean, we spoke about, you know, our our experience in high school. For me, dealing with my anxiety was making things and being creative. But right now, um, yeah, as you said, my source of anxiety is my goal of perfection. I'm striving for perfection. Right. And that gives me anxiety because when something isn't perfect, I just I start stressing out because it has to be perfect, right? But so how do you is. deal with it? I just, I just let it be. All right. Yeah. How do you do that? I, mean, when I, it, I can't do that. I just leave it. <laughs> you just leave it and forget it. No one, no one's ever asked me this question before, but, um, well, that's why we're here. <laughs> but I think I just leave it for like for a little bit and then I go back to it and I revise what I can. And then if I'm still not happy, I leave it again and then I come back to it. Because uh, if I'm sitting at one project like constantly, like twenty four seven, yeah, I just get tired of it. And I there are some projects that I never finished because I was too stressed, too uh, anxiety ridden, and stuff like that. So you know, giving yourself time to reflect, right. but also do other things. You know, if you're getting tired of one project, just move on to another thing and then go back to it. I think that's a healthy way of handling. Yeah. Uh, things. Yeah, but also give yourself time to rest. Not too much, but yeah. yeah. Allow yourself to rest a little bit, you know. Sometimes for me it's uh it's hard to move on to a, another project because I feel there's an anxiety that comes with not finishing things. Uh mm. and moving on. Uh I feel like I've done that enough <laughs> that I now mm. I just want to finish things and But yeah, sometimes you have to, sometimes you just have to, yeah. and sometimes yeah. it's not even your choice. Sometimes priorities lie elsewhere, you know, and uh, mm -hmm. there you go. Yeah. You just got to be okay with that. Yeah, exactly. And be kind to yourself. I don't want to, ah, uh, this sounds cliche now, right? In yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. I would also yourself. say go, go with the flow. Yeah. Go with the flow. Yeah. Honestly, it works for that. Yeah. 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 Well, but also, so what I don't do you know, do, uh, like when yeah. you're not sorry to cut you off, but what do you do when you're like, you don't want to think about your art or you just don't want to move on to another project. You're just tired of your art. How do you decompress? I watch movies. Um, yeah. I walk around. Yeah. But also just, you know, read things that are not necessarily related to my art. Or, or like, you know, not really to my, you know, profession or anything like that. And I just watch movies and walk around to sports yeah. impossible. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what I, I do too. 
I, I watch movies. Uh, I, I usually ask my friend, what, what are some feel good films or something? I, I, I often more than that, like just Google feel good film yeah. list. And yeah. I go down the list. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. And yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going through a list and I have not found anything. But yeah, so that's why I guess I have this on this podcast. I, I, I call it the feel-good game. So what's your feel-good movie, I guess? Okay, it's not necessarily a feel-good movie, but yeah. I get distracted with horror movies. I love horror movies. Really? Awesome. Total junkie. Yeah, when it comes to that, I'm just like, yes, let's watch it. Because so, you're stressed it. out. You get stressed out about another thing, and you're like, wow, I'm distracted. I love it. Oh, <laughs> you, just, wow. you just get freaked out about other things. But um who i love the animal universe love it i mean it's more okay. jump scares than anything but still great um it's but the not the new one but this old one the one with um what's his name oh my gosh alan no team per- no okay the old one the 1997 okay, one i think if i'm not mistaken it, okay uh gerald's game netflix Uh, it's on the yeah. that's, that's weird that's so weird that, that is movie it? is so weird oh it's great i loved it it was so great yeah, yeah. she wanted to see <gasps> oh my gosh betty hi so cute so 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 cute yeah oh, she's so cute she's just beautiful <laughs> so gerald's game is weird really weird yeah and also hereditary incredible Yeah. incredible movie midsummer i didn't really like it to be honest it was a little too trippy midsummer um, okay yeah with florence Pugh, right i think so yeah 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 um i don't know her name but yeah i think so yeah i think that's, that's how he said uh yeah. so what's your betty is asking me in my ear uh what's your favorite tv show my favorite tv show oh i love you or or feel um, good sorry yeah i was distracted oh, feel good See, I'm like, <laughs> I seem like a psychopath. Like, horror movies distract me, and my favorite feel good TV show is you. Um, it's, it's mine too, by the way. But yeah, that's so good. But I didn't. Have you read the books? Season. No, I haven't. Oh, I should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I read them um, in, uh, in four days, both of them. Oh, I should watch that. Lately, I've been very into like, um, what's this is big. You know, chick flicks love that they're quite distracting and stupid enough to watch you know right. sometimes <laughs> just like watching you're like okay i don't need to concentrate or anything like that i can just listen to things and it's okay right. um favorite i don't really watch tv shows i'm gonna be honest but i love the black mirror again i'm i'm very into dark themes as you've noticed but yeah black mirror my favorite tv show of all times right. yes okay and the favorite so- episode is san Junipero. Do you watch? Do you watch the Black Mirror? It's so yes? good! It's so good that episode. Oh, so good. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And right. Ch- uh, um, hang the DJ also the second one. Yeah. What? Which one is that? It's the one with uh, there's like a system where you know if uh, they're like dating, it's like Tinder, and then when like when they find out how many days they have left, like oh, and right. stuff like that. Do you remember that? Yeah, it's really great. And then USS Callister, incredible. Oh, the Black Museum, also incredible. 
Yeah. I just I, 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 of that season. I've just watched the U.S. Callister. I, I stopped at that. I don't know why I, I stopped watching oh. Black Mirror, but I stopped. Yeah. I'm so jealous. I mean, now you have something. I need to, to watch it now. Yeah. Thank you. Beautiful Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Getting depressed. <laughs> so, what's a feel-good song or feel-good music that you that makes you feel good? Feel good music. Uh, I love Deep House. It's great. Um, Deep House. Um, Oh, The Blaze. I don't know if you're familiar with them. It's an Algerian-French um, DJ duo. You should listen to it. It's great. Oh, by the way, highly recommend. Um, the Blaze. And my most favorite song is The Territory. Right. And you should watch the music video. It's so incredible. It's so it's beautiful. It's beautifully shot. And actually got, uh, I think you got Ken Lyons, I think. Okay. Yeah, it's got a, like a, it's got a lot of awards because- right beautiful storytelling incredible and the song is incredible and so many people try copying them afterwards but nothing nothing compares it's really good and um feel yeah. good songs yeah i don't know i i like many 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 things you know right. i listen to you know house music like to classical music it depends on my mood yeah yeah I forgot to ask you, I forgot to ask you, uh, which artist inspires you and why? Uh, okay. Which artist? I mean, when it comes to like contemporary, Ai Weiwei, maybe cliche, but Ai Weiwei, I love, love his works. Um, can I name an artist I cannot stand? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can do whatever. Jeff Koons, Jeff Koons. oh my gosh. Jeff Coons is just so. Um, who else? Um, Eric Kusama, I love her works as well. I love her works. Um, who else? And why do you, you know, love when, her? It's just, you know, with Ai Weiwei, it's just, it's at times provocative and also anti state, you know, a lot of times. And, but also, you know, him working with communities because the sunflower seed work it actually employed almost the whole village to make those little sunflowers every single piece is made by a person and painted by a person and everything is right. made like you know all these sunflower seeds are made by people one by one and that's incredible you know and then you're actually in the sea of sunflower seeds. I, I'm so jealous that of people who actually got to experience it themselves, you know, that's experience it like in person. But my dream is to see that kind of work. And um, also um, from, you know, digital artists and stuff. I love works of um, Evan Roth. Um, he actually taught at Parsons as well. He's a Parsons alumni. Right. Um, my professors from Parsons, I love their works as well. Um, you know, like creative technologies and such. I, I get inspired by people who like actually t teach me and that surround me and yeah. 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 Sorry. If that will not. No, that's a, that's a great answer. It's a great answer. Yeah. Well, but my uh, professors, I'm just going to name them like a quick shout yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah, Chris yeah. Agru, um, Benjamin Galong and, uh, and others. And Gairugu, also incredible artists and designers who love what they do, know what they do, and did it. And they did it in such a way that it was always interesting, and it was fascinating and interesting right. that they made us 
interested in it are like, you know, they made us interested in that. I think that's the main, that's the goal for, you know, teachers and professors that you captivate your student to an extent that they get interested in what you're doing. You know, right. I think that's important. Yeah. So that's really cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> you need, you need people like that in your life that inspire you. For sure. So uh, is there anything you want to plug? Where can people check you out? And uh, what are you working on that you want to tell people about? At the moment I am keeping all the projects that I'm doing under the covers for now. Cause uh, right. There are certain procedures that I have to do in order to like Indeed, get approved yes. by the university. Not even a dear, it's a research ethics board. <laughs> I can't okay. talk about things right now. I mean, I can talk about my plans, but I cannot necessarily, you know, um, get people involved in my projects yet. Yeah. But um, what I'm working on right now um, right. is um, talk, um, talk about people's experiences with, um, you know, repressions and um genocide that happened um, you're working with taco bell, <laughs> taco bell? no i'm sorry that's what he said what did you think taco bell that's what he said no i didn't <laughs> I, I i talked about subway what are you talking about um no i'm right now yeah, i'm working did with you say taco bell yeah she, said she did she not said and he's like no stop it <laughs> but um yeah just uh at the moment, I'm, I can't really talk about things that I'm doing because, uh, you know, still working yeah. on things and getting things approved. But, um, right. yeah, if, uh, if you're interested in things that I did before, then you can go on my Instagram. Like a quick shout out to myself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's, your handle will be down there. But what's your, your website for people to my check website? out? Oh, sure. It's uh, www.icebibolov.com. Yeah. I'll try to put it on the screen too. So yeah. yeah. And if any of you would like to just chat or talk, feel free to shoot a message. I am quite responsive on every platform, including LinkedIn. The very <laughs> kind person that will reply to you. And uh, yeah, it's great. You're great. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for coming on my podcast, Eyes Bubble Love. And uh, I will talk again soon because uh, I, I think you have a really bright future and uh, you seem very disciplined and you seem hardworking and you have great goals. And uh, I can't wait to, to, to see what, what happens with you. It's, uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Great. And so are you. you know, I'm so happy well, and proud you. of you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, this is signing off. Thank you so much. You've been listening to The Very Creative Podcast with Gabriel Vega. Catch us next week for an all-new episode. To find out more, go to gabrielvega.com slash podcast and follow us on social media at The Very Creative Podcast. To watch on video, go to YouTube and search for The Very Creative Podcast and subscribe. See you next week.